You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Welcome to Hive Hoops. I am your standing host, Darian from Hornets Lead. I've, I've been on here for, before. Trust the buzz. I'm filling in for Joshua Balta today, and we have an exciting episode. So, a lot has happened since last time. I've one been on here, and in two since uh, the last episode of Hive Hoops. Uh, main thing talking about is you know Lamelo's leap, as we saw what he get, did against the Boston Celtics. Um, what we what we're hoping to see, you know, tonight against the Washington Wizards. We just have a lot to talk about. So without wasting any more of your time, let's go ahead and talk about it. So the game against the Boston Celtics was an interesting game because it started off as the Hornets actually playing pretty good defense. Um, you have to do consider that the Boston Celtics were missing Derek White and Al Horford, who, you know, most people wouldn't think the casual wouldn't think that those guys were people that is important to a team that has Jason Tatum, a team that has Christoph Porzingis, Jalen Brown, but they are, they're, they're a big part of what the Celtics do. Um, however, the Hornets, I felt like did what you can only play the people in front of you. And I feel like at the beginning of the game, the Hornets kind of started, had a great start. Um, the defense was pretty good. If I remember correctly, we only allowed like 21 points, 23 points, something like that, which is something we typically do not do, at least this season. We normally allow around somewhere between like 28 to 35 points a quarter, well, in the first quarter. So the fact that the Boston Celtics started off with only 21 points in the first quarter, I thought that was a good sign of things to come. Did I think that we would win this game? No. In no way, shape, or form did I think that the Hornets were going to win this game, um, even after that, I think, pretty stellar first quarter. But it was going to be one of those games where I didn't really expect to win. But if we lost, considering we're playing that way, but we just lose, I wouldn't have been mad. I, w- I would not have been upset. Um, but then the second the second quarter happened. And that is when Jason Tatum really started to pick up. Uh, the Hornets kind of threw everybody they could at him between uh, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Brandon Miller. Who they tried to put you know a different variation of one of those three at all times, and it just was not working. Uh, Jason Tatum was just making every shot, whether it was a turnaround jumper in the post, a three-point shot, an ISO three, like you know, coming off screen. It didn't matter. He, he just felt like he was hitting everything. And then if he wasn't hitting, we had Patri- Peyton Pritchard hitting as well. And on our end, I mean, Mark Williams – throughout this game was kind of getting like consistent buckets, but it wasn't anything where Mark Williams is on a run. It was just kind of, he was getting his school, his points here and there. LaMelo was having a fantastic game uh, all throughout. He started off the game hot going into the second quarter. He was, he was continuing to be hot. The only thing was, you know, he missed some time, uh, you know, for rest. So we were kind of missing that offensive firepower from him, but we had a small ball lineup in for the most part. Uh, it was like a mixture of, uh, like PJ Miles, uh, Ish Smith, Bryce McGowan's, and um, Gordon Hayward, like that would kind of be our small ball lineup. And it was okay. We had different variations of it. Like sometimes Lamelo was out there instead of Ish. Uh, just Brandon Miller was out there instead of Gordon. Like it was just small little things here and there uh, for that lineup. And I would like to see more of that lineup, especially considering playing the Wizards, who we've been exposed a few times this season with the five out. But the Wizards was kind of the one that hurt the most because that's a team we should beat, and we just could not uh, adjust to that five out. With Miles back, I do feel like we have we're kind of better equipped to address that. So 
tonight will be an interesting indicator of that. But anyway, back to the Celtics game. We were running like little different five out uh, roles here and there, but it just quite didn't seem like it was working. And luckily, the second the second quarter, you know, eventually had to come to an end. So uh, the the run that the Boston Celtics were on was finally stopped. And then in the second half, going into the second half, we made a huge adjustment that I feel like people didn't notice, and that was putting Gordon Hayward on Jason Tatum. It sounds crazy, even when in game, I remember thinking, why, like, why not just put Brandon Miller there? Because I'm personally tired of seeing Brandon Miller always having to guard guards. We've seen him guard Jalen Brunson. Luca's a little different because he's bigger, but we've seen him guard Jalen Brunson, Jordan Poole. Um, who else? I can't think. Uh, you could you could add Drew Holiday into this. It, I'm tired. I want to see him guard kind of people more his size. One, he's a rookie too. He just doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with these guards. I think it will come in time because we see him kind of get better and better at it as time goes on. But as of right now, it's just that's just not his game. So I really do feel like we need a guard that can maybe guard those players instead of Brandon Miller. But I digress. Um, I really thought Brandon Miller should have been on Tatum because I think Brandon Miller is an excellent defender. Him and Tatum are literally the same size. I just thought that would have been a better matchup. But as we watched the game, it was not easy for Tatum to score on Gordon Hayward, and it wasn't because Gordon Hayward turned to Kawhi Leonard overnight or Scottie Pippen overnight. It was more so Gordon Hayward just did a good job of like predicting where Jason Tatum was trying to go. You could say maybe some of that has come from Gordon Hayward playing with Jason Tatum. I, I don't know, but whatever it was, it worked because Gordon did an excellent job of just you can't really stop Jason Tatum, but he just did a good job of just making it difficult for Tatum. And the whole team as all, you know, everybody on the team did a good job in that second half of kind of preventing Boston getting those open, easy looks as they were in the first half. So in the first half, we weren't running anyone off the three-point line. And if we did, we closed out too hard and they were just able to go right by us, uh, causing a two-on two uh two V one at the basket, which not in our favor. Uh, so it was just a lot of issues in that first half. But in the second half, I think we just did a better job of closing out, putting our hands up, uh, denying the ball. Th those were all things that I, I think eventually led to us winning this game. Um, the third quarter, I will say that there was an issue where we were unable to score. And what was crazy about it is that it was Boston's bench lineup. Like it was – if I remember correctly, I don't think there was any – they had any starters out there whatsoever um, to actually guard – anybody on our team so i don't understand why we, in the, some of these cases we had lamello out there as well it was toward the tail end of it but lamello was out there and we in the lid there was just a lid on the basket and it, i really was like if we can't tie this game here because i think at the time we were down like 11 if we can't tie this game here we lost there, there's no way that we're down 11 the, the the Celtics are getting away with having like their deep bench in because they're missing two key bench players in Derek White and uh, Al Horford, and we can't score. And we're going into the you know total tail end of the third quarter. There's just no way, and that's what it looked like. But then the fourth quarter started. We started we started to get more stops. We started hitting. Um, I, Lamelo I think did an excellent job of keeping us in the game. That I don't I can't take you play by play. But you, I know you've seen the highlight. You've seen where he dropped Drew Holiday. And, and and you've seen where, you know, he was breaking doubles. He was just doing all kinds of things to kind of keep us in this game. And that was from the first quarter all the way through overtime. He was doing whatever he could to keep us in the game. And I think he just did a good job of – this is an example of putting – LaMelo putting the team on his back. Because for the longest time up until clutch, 
No one else was really doing much. Miles Bridges didn't have a good game. Brandon Miller didn't have a good shooting game. Gordon Hayward didn't have a good shooting game until, you know, the tail end. P.J. was hitting better, but still, if you look, he was still three for nine from three, which I would like P.J. to shoot somewhere like closer to like 38, 40 percent. You know, three for nine is 33 percent, and I think he's shooting lower than that for the season. So we do need to get those, you know, that not that volume up, but we do need to get the accuracy up, but. I mean, it was good enough because outside of PJ, I don't think anyone outside of PJ Lamelo, of course, I don't think anyone else hit double digit three pointer. So, I mean, not double digit, but over more than one three pointer. So, uh, PJ, I mean, I guess he did his thing there with, with allowing that, helping our three point shooting. But we grinded out in this game, man, and those are the games you want to see. Uh, we get to we get to uh, basically where we're about to end the game in the end of regulation. We have Lamelo. Basically, and I know people complain about the push off, but Lamelo was getting fouled every almost every time he attacked the basket. Every time he attacked the rim, this game you could probably call a foul. Even on this on this play where he pushed off he pushed off Jalen Brown, he cut to the rim, went for a layup, and he was fouled by Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's lower body hit uh, Lamelo Ball's lower body and caused Lamelo to kind of move a little bit and have to adjust when he was going for the layup to tie the game. But it was a big shot. You know, I I'm truly believe that LaMelo of last year, LaMelo of year before, probably wouldn't have made it after that contact. Probably wouldn't even took that shot in the beginning. But he did an excellent job of staying strong and finishing it. And that's what led us to go into overtime. Overtime, Tatum kind of picked up a little bit. I had to have a nine points the whole second half after dropping 31 in the first half. Once again, Gordon Herbert did an excellent job. He, he did get five in overtime, but it ended up not being enough as uh, our last play when it was tied, what, I think it was like 116 to 116. We try to run a play, try to ISO, uh, get the ball to LaMelo and see what he can do. And he and there really wasn't much he could do. Uh, he really kind of got stuck. There was really nowhere for go with the ball. He wasn't creating much separation. I forget who was guarding him, but eventually he ended up just kicking into Miles. And before Drew Holiday could close out, Miles put up the three and bang, we're, we're up 119 to 116. Everybody's going crazy. This is a game that we desperately needed, uh, a game that we all wanted because of the whole Jason Tatum video of talking about playing Charlotte on a Monday night uh, on League Pass. And so whereas we're up 119 to 116, the Celtics still have a lot of time left for them to get a shot off. So they get the ball to, to Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum goes up the court and just really just chucks up a shot. And Gordon Hayward's like inner bicep touches uh, Jason Tatum's shoulder, and they call a foul, which is crazy because Tatum kind of flailed even before Gordon touched him. And I think that that is what caused Gordon to even touch him in the first place because Tatum was flailing. But then he – Goes to the free throw line, you know, ready to shoot three, makes the first two and clanks the third one. So, you know, that goes up for the Charlotte Hornets. I think we end up eventually winning like 121 to 118 or 121, 119. And it was a huge game. It, it was a great game for us. That was a game we had to grind out. As I mentioned, this is one of those games where, like I said, LaMelo put the team on the back, but also I think the team repaid him the favor because even though we had guys not really showing up all game. They were doing a lot of little things that help. So with Lamelo scoring, with Lamelo, you know, creating an offense, 
having those guys, having P.J. Miles, Gordon Hayward, Brandon Miller, all kind of do the little things in terms of rebounding. Mark, like, like I said earlier, had an excellent, excellent game. He he put he I would say he put clamps on Porzingis. Even poor, even when Porzingis tried to draw Mark out the paint, Mark did a pretty good job of just staying in front of him, not let him get past him. Because I know what it, it was one. It was the game against the Wizards. Was it Gallinari? I think someone, someone, no, it was Brooke Lopez against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Brooke Lopez was dragging Mark out of the paint. Mark went to go close out one time, and Brooke Lopez just kind of blew by him. Porzingis was not doing that in this game, and Porzingis, I would see doing that more so than Brooke Lopez. So shout out to Mark because, you know, there's a lot of times where I, even, even I, am critical of him. Uh, only because I know he's good, only because I want him to win. It's not overly critical. It's just, you know, I'm just trying to just talk, call it how I see it. And every time I do that, the next game he adjusts and is it, it fixes that problem. And I'm not saying like I'm the reason for that. I'm pretty sure more than likely Steve Clifford usually ends up saying the same thing uh, when it comes to you know the post game presser. But just shout out to Mark for every single game. I see you continuously get better, and that that was a big part in this game. So with guys doing the little things like that. And LaMelo scoring the way he was, LaMelo causing the attention, you know, grabbing the attention of the other uh, players to have have him doubled at times or they have to watch the dribble penetration, all these things. It allowed everybody else to kind of just hold on. And then once we got to the end where LaMelo still is making plays, but obviously is gassed, our other guys were making big plays. Gordon Hayward had a big cut on uh, Jason Tatum in, in the end of the fourth quarter with like a minute left. Uh, he cut back door and just Tatum just didn't see him. He just fell asleep over there in the corner. And uh, Hayward was able to get it. It was an easy dunk or easy layup. Either way, it was huge because it was less than a minute left. And that, you know, obviously led to us going into overtime. So I think it was a good team win. This was one of those wins where if you want to be good, this is what you got to do. You have to grind out these kind of wins. And I, and I think they did just that. Uh, I, I just I'm happy, man. I, I really had a loss of words still a couple of days later just because we're finally close because we're still missing Terry and maybe you can throw in Cody Martin. But we're finally seeing what we saw, you know, in was it 2021 with the 43 and 39 team. We're finally seeing like these guys together again. It's 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 we're still missing Terry. But this is what this team can be if they play to the potential. I know Joshua has talked about it plenty of times on here, but talent is really not one of our issues. Like, think about it. We're just trying to make the playoffs. We're not really trying to do anything crazy. We have the talent to at least get in there, at least. But a lot of times, and I have mentioned it, like I said, Joshua has mentioned it. Anyone that has probably covered the Hornets in any capacity has mentioned it. Our effort is the biggest thing, like even on defense. It's not that we just get blown by uh, because we don't know how to play angles or anything. It's just lack of effort. Sometimes these guys, I like, they don't care. And I, I don't know the science behind it. I'm not going to go too deep into it because like I said, we just won. Um, but that has been our biggest thing. I really don't think talent has been that big of an issue. Of course we need more talent because we do have guys who, you know, are up and down, but we have a talented team. It's just we can't for some reason they just don't want to put it together at times. They preach that, you know, that they're tired of kind of being talked about. They're tired of uh, you know, not living up to expectations or whatever the case may be. But then they go on the court and just give up a lot of times. We we see that other teams who are presumably worse than us just are hungrier in and they fight. 
Well, tonight, well, not tonight, but Monday night, that's what we saw from our team finally is that these guys wanted to prove a point. And PJ walking into the tunnel after the game was like, not bad for a Monday night only pass, you know, in reference to Jason Tatum's video. And that that that's it for that game. That was an exciting, exciting game. If you missed it, I'm sorry. It was it was a great game, but I will say the next day, CBS, I remember correctly. CBS made a tweet and it was about the game and it was saying like basically good job Hornets, but is the mellow ball a winning player? And I don't see how for one second you look at the leap he's taken this year and ask that question. Because the one time, as I just mentioned, we're finally kind of seeing it all come together slowly but surely. The one time this team was together and we kind of had some type of momentum going, we went 43-39, and which since then, that would have almost put us at the sixth seed. Just that year, the East was souped for some reason, and that we were at the 10th seed. But most times after that, remember off the top of my head, that would have got us, if not the sixth seed, seventh, eighth seed, at least if we were going to be in the plan, we would have been a home, home advantage of one game. That one year was just bad luck for us, and, you know, we kind of went out there and pooped uh, the bed, but it is what it is. I just don't understand how you see what LaMelo Ball is doing. You see how he reacts in clutch moments. You got to think about it like this. Most of the time, our team is injured. Most of the time, he's injured. So you really can't see the emotion of which LaMelo Ball carries himself and about how bad he wants to win because he hasn't been in winning situations. Last year, he was kind of out there by himself most of the time. The, like I said, the year before, it was ext- we played extremely well. And then the year before that was his rookie year. So we really haven't been able to see it in a long time. And I think people easily forget. I just don't understand how you don't think he's a winning player, man. There's, there's, We have guys who don't fit him. I, like I've always said this. We have some guys who are extremely talented. I think that, you know, they will be good in other places. But as far as I collective, we kind of don't fit. Like I still don't believe the whole Terry and LaMelo fit our I believe in their talent as a unit as a backcourt unit together but as far as I play off you you play off me you know this is part of a bigger building block which is the Charlotte Hornets I don't see it I don't see it but I'm willing to take it right now because when we are healthy when everyone is healthy they prove that they can win games it's just we have to take that next step and one because we kind of take three four steps back one we need to take a step to go back to winning games but then on top of that we need to prove that we have like the chip on our shoulder we need to prove that we have what it takes to close out games and i once again referring back to the Celtics game they showed that Lamelo is doing everything he can the leap he's taking as far as the, the his ability to attack the basket is just out of this world and not like he's this elite finisher, but when you compare it to how he was finishing earlier in his career, it's literally night and day. There was He used to be afraid to take a lot of the shots he's taking now, and now he's taking them with ease. So I'm, I just had to commend LaMelo Ball for just taking that step. You would think that someone who was kind of dealing with injury all offseason, essentially, and was not clear till October, how could he make a leap like that? But it was obviously something he maybe had planned. Also, I think it proves that some of was like mental as far as just him just not being quite comfortable yet doing it. But he looks he looks good doing it. He's not even I know like a little bit last year he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going at the rim a little more. And he was, but he was kind of doing this little floater and it was effective, but it still wasn't. It's like, Lamelo, you knew what we meant this year. He's really attacking the basket, taking contact, 
the only thing we're missing now is the fouls. And I, and I've and I've said this. I think that the reason we're not getting the fouls is because nobody on our team sells it. I hate to say that. I hate that. That's where basketball is going. But if you look at the top guys, they're getting calls because one, they're the top guys, and two, they're, they're selling it. They're hollering. They're flailing. Joel Embiid's really good at that. Like Ish Smith could foul him, and Joel Embiid's going to throw the ball up to the Raptors and fall and pretend his back is hurt. Like that. That is what these players are doing to get these fouls calls. And I hate to say it, I don't want Lamelo to start doing that, but I'm telling you, if you go back and look, he's getting fouled. It's just not getting called for whatever reason. And I think it's just we just scream. <laughs> we need to start flailing or pretend we're hurt or whatever the case may be. Actually, Lamelo, don't pretend you're hurt because I would cry right there, right there, because I, I don't have time. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I think Lamelo's just taking an excellent leap, and I'm, and I'm just happy to see it. Tonight, we play the Washington Wizards. I don't really know what else to say about the Washington Wizards. We've seen them two times already. Uh, and as we're also going to be seeing the Knicks, so I don't know what to say about them either because we know what they are. We've seen them twice already. This is a game we got to win. You want to be a serious team, these are the kind of games you got to win. We, we, You need to, like, to sell this game, I'm glad it happened. I wouldn't have been mad if we lost. But as a good team, sometimes you have to beat the even better teams to make the playoff. That That's going to be the recipe. Beat the teams in your tier, you know, kind of have a pretty – you know, either even a little higher than even record against teams that you feel are that are in your tier, beat the team that you feel like you're better than. And then the teams above you, you can worry about that later. You do need to win a couple of them, not all of them, but you do need to win a couple of them. If that, if you want to be a playoff team, that's what you have to do. Beat the teams in your tier, you know, have a, have a decent record against them, beat the team that you should beat, and then just do fairly decent against the teams that are better than you. And that will be the recipe to get us where we want to be in the playoffs. Cause like I said, we're not shooting for no one seed right now. We're not shooting for the two seed. We're just trying to get in there, hopefully without going through the play in. But at this rate, there's still some things that on this team, even fully healthy, I think we're missing. Um, and I just don't know how much the new ownership is going to be willing to make a trade. Not because I'm saying they're just like Jordan, just like Mitch or whatever the case may be, but you know, Gordon Hayward comes off the books. Your Mitch Kupchak might not even be your GM next year. More than likely, hopefully not. Steve Clifford might not even be there. So there's I don't think there's too many roster changes you want to do considering you're about probably about to clean house when it comes to your administrative staff. So we'll see. But thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys. Uh thank you, Joshua, for letting letting me, you know, kind of sit here and talk about the Hornets. I love doing it. One day we gotta, you know, get on there when you feel better. Um, but thank you all for listening to Hive Hoops. Once again, my name is Darian Thomas, and I'll see you guys later. Peace. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by The Lead. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops.